College Basketball Recruiting Weekly. We're back. And this week's episode is gonna focus on some intel from the insiders as we dig into some of the very best available prospects in the rising senior class of 2024. I'm talking about high school seniors and what they may be thinking behind the scenes when it comes to their recruitment. Then we're gonna turn the page and we're gonna talk about some of the biggest programs in college basketball and try and break down who exactly is on their board and what their top priorities may be. All right, here's how this is going to work. We are going to take seven of the very best rising seniors in the country. We're gonna break them down one at a time. To help me with this, I'm gonna bring in 24-7 Sports National Recruiting Analyst, Travis Branham. And Travis, my question for you, Dylan Harper, the player who went into the summer as the top overall prospect in this class, he's got a final five, but I think we all know this is about two schools, right? I mean, it's Duke and it's Rutgers. Is anybody establishing themselves as a favorite just yet? Honestly, right now, it seems to be a bit of a, at a stalemate. I think both of these teams are in very good shape here. Uh, Dylan Harper is taking visits to both Rutgers and to Duke. Um, he tweeted recently asking for, uh, or Instagram, uh, put, put up a post on Instagram asking for potential graphic guys to get a commitment at it lined up. My information is, doesn't seem like it, uh, a commitment is coming uh, imminently and that this will continue to drag out. It looks like we got a situation on our hands similar to DJ Wagner if you go back to 2023 when uh, all the hype was around Kentucky and Louisville and it seemed to be at a stalemate and really dragged out up until the fall. And it seems to be the, a very similar case here with Dylan Harper as Duke and Rutgers are going to continue battling this out for the months to come. All right, Rutgers obviously selling the opportunity to finish what his brother started in his home state. Duke, the brotherhood, we know the pitch. Uh, it sells itself at this point. Speaking of the brotherhood, they are perceived as a potential leader for Cooper Flagg, the new number one in the class of 2024 after reclassifying up following the summer. Cooper Flagg, Travis broke earlier this week, is going to take three visits, Duke, Yukon, and Kansas. Here's National Basketball Director Eric Bossi with more. Yeah, this one's been pretty wild because I think seeing the news of him taking these other visits when there's been a presumption that Duke is the leader really set off the Duke fan base in particular about, you know, what's going on. And as these visits start, I would probably say that Duke is still the leader and, and the team to beat headed into these. But, you know, Duke wasn't going to get this guy without a fight. They're not going to get this guy without a fight, you know. UConn is coming off of a national championship. They're the closest team to home, and he's promised them a visit that should be coming up. Um, you know, these visit dates haven't been announced yet, but I think we're looking probably late September for a visit with him there. They've got a lot to offer. Kansas, Bill Self, really, really wants this guy bad, and we saw already with Flory Badunga when he really locks in on a guy that he's got a chance to win him. They're going to have him. Most likely, I, I would bet a date for their late night in the fog event. And then Duke, you know, they're going to get the last chance with him, most likely with their countdown to craziness event. And, you know, they're going to face a stiff challenge, but I do think that they will enter these official visits as the team that's probably the team to beat, especially having already hosted him unofficially. All right, so a very interesting update there as Ebos suggests that Cooper Flag could be at UConn in late September and then visit consecutive Midnight Madness type celebrations at Kansas and Duke 
on consecutive weekends. Going to be very interesting to watch because he is now widely projected, although in my opinion this is still early to make this kind of statement, but is the top overall pick in the 2025 NBA draft. Again, I think we're a long ways away from that, but that is the widely uh, held belief at this point in time. How does that figure into his decision making? How does he consider the people he's going to be play, playing with, the role he's going to play at these different schools, potentially even the position? It's all going to be very interesting to watch. All right, now another player who is uh, still available and was one of the players that many people suspected might end up reclassifying and going to college this year. He didn't do that. Derek Queen I'm talking about. He is continued to be in the class of 2024 but Travis Houston Indiana Maryland are all perceived as the favorites he's going to visit Indiana in early September uh, but he doesn't necessarily have dates set for those other two at least that I'm aware of does this mean Indiana is the favorite for Derek Queen at this point Based on what I've been able to gather uh, as of right now as we're heading into these visits there is no clear cut leader He's going in with an open mind to all of these visits. He plans on visiting Houston, uh, Indiana, and Maryland. Indiana, Maryland having uh, heavily prioritized him for some time, obviously, being from the DMV, Maryland area. Uh, there is a draw to stay home there. Uh, another team that you, uh, people need to keep an eye out for is Kansas here. They did just get Flory Bedunga, but they are still in this picture, and they are expected to be getting a visit out of Derek Queen here this fall. A date has yet to be set, but as of earlier this week, that is still the expectation that they will be getting a visit. Um, so we won't really have a clear cut answer until he takes these visits and obviously sets that Kansas visit and see where things stand after those. All right, now we're gonna have much more on Kansas and their recruiting efforts coming up later in the show, but it's important to note Derek Queen, because of his skill set, potentially capable of playing with another big man, whether that is Flory Badunga or someone else. All right, after the big men, we're going to talk about the guards. And when we talk about guards, we talk about scoring. One of the very best scorers in this national class is Trey Johnson. Trey Johnson, he visited Baylor, Kansas, Kentucky, and Texas as a junior, scheduled to see Alabama next month. Here's the interesting thing about Trey Johnson. He's a Texas native, and at this time last year, the widely held belief was that he was going to end up at either Texas or Baylor. A year later, it's G League Ignite who may present the biggest competition to those two local schools. Eric Bossi is going to bring us the very latest. Yeah, the latest with Trey Johnson is Texas is getting a second official visit that's going to begin this Sunday, the 27th of August. So that's obviously huge for Rodney Terry and his staff. And, and for those who have been following along, if you don't know, Rodney Terry actually coached Trey Johnson's father, Richard, when he was in college at Baylor. So there's certainly a longstanding relationship there. And getting a second official visit from him is certainly a big deal. You know, Alabama is hot. I certainly wouldn't rule them out. But I think if he goes the college route, we're still looking at Texas and Baylor as probably the two teams to beat on this one just because of familiarity, um, proximity to home, all those things. You know, the success of Keontae George as a freshman was certainly something that Trey took notice of and took to heart when he's looking at a school like Baylor. But you mentioned the G League. I think they have to be considered as a, re as a real suitor here. They've done really well in the Dallas area. They've got Dink Pate and Ron Holland in their program right now. And they probably saw more of Trey Johnson than anybody else in the country <laughs> last spring and summer. It seemed like every time you looked up, 
for, to see a Trey Johnson game, Andre Barrett from the G league was there. So there's certainly one to take into consideration, but you know, you have to like what's happening with Texas with getting the additional official visit and Baylor's going to be right there. So I really think barring someone changing their mind, those are kind of the three areas of focus right now. So it's going to be very interesting whether or not Trey Johnson elects to play his college basketball in his home state of Texas or does Ignite loom large? I would personally bet on one of those two scenarios, but we will wait and see. Another scoring guard that has asserted himself as one of the very best in the entire country this season was Jalil Bathia out of Archbishop Wood High School in the city of Philadelphia. Now he's got a top five of Alabama, Kansas, Miami, Syracuse, and Villanova. Villanova said to be getting the very first visit this fall. In fact, that could happen as soon as this weekend. He's already seen them plenty of times, obviously, because they are the local school. He'll visit Kansas shortly, Miami the following weekend, Alabama in late October, and potentially Syracuse last of all. Travis, there's been a lot of speculation about is Kansas the favorite? Is Miami the favorite? Where does this stand right now? Based on what I've been able to gather, it's another wide open recruitment. He's got a lot of visits on slate. Uh, he could be, like you said, going to Syracuse for a second time, which is always intriguing. Uh, Kansas is uh, always a heavy hitter option. Uh, one thing that I'll be interested in is we only see one blue blood on here, and he's a late rising recruit. He's skyrocketing up our rankings and really building a strong reputation out there on the recruiting trail. And my question is, could another blue blood enter this picture? Could Duke enter? Could North Carolina enter? Could even Kentucky enter who has recruited some team final guys? Obviously, Miami already has that team final connection having D.J. Irving, who was once a member of that program. They've recruited a bunch of guys out of that program. They've missed on a few, but could they be due? Uh, we will be waiting anxiously to find out to see how these visits go in the coming months. Now, again, we are going to be talking about some of those Blue Bloods and their big boards in the second installment of this show. But suffice it to say, it's not just us who was taken back by Jalil Bathia's jump this summer. It was colleges in general. And to Travis's point, does this list expand? Do you see some of those blue bloods try and crack into his top five? Because we've seen this time and time again. Everybody's got to find a list until they change that list. And it's sometimes it's the blue bloods who are capable of doing it. So certainly something to watch there. But as it stands right now, Jalil Bathia down to five. Going to go back to Eric Bossy in a moment. We're going to talk about Jaden Quaintance. And this to me is a very somewhat unexpected recruitment. He reclassified up from 2025 to 2024. That in and of itself is not unusual in this day and age of recruiting. There's more fluidity than ever with graduation classes. What was unexpected to me though, it's because he's so young. At this point, if he were to enroll as a college freshman next year, he would arrive on campus when he was just 16 years old, and he would not be eligible for the NBA draft as a one-and-done prospect because he's too young. So he'd have to spend two years playing college basketball. Now, he's originally from the state of Ohio, and he's already visited Kentucky and Ohio State. Uh, Eric reported on 247sports.com earlier this week about his visit schedule. Here's more from Bossy. I think the general per perception out here is that maybe Kentucky might hold the upper hand early. He's been there unofficially. He's going to be returning for an official visit, so that's always a good thing. But he's also been to Cincinnati and Ohio State unofficially, and those are those are home state schools. And with Missouri, it's kind of interesting. They've got a unique tie into him in that 
Armand Gates, the brother of Dennis Gates, who's now an assistant at uh, Oklahoma. And of course, Dennis is the Mizzou head coach, actually played in college at Kent State with uh, Quaintance's father. I mean, so there's a relationship that goes back there. So it's going to be an interesting one to watch. You know, whenever you see a blue blood like Kentucky in that, I think the the casual recruiting fan and even the seasoned recruiting fans say, well, you know, they're going to be tough to beat on that one. But Missouri is sneaky. You know, it's it's all those guys are kind of right in there. And then he's another guy that before it's all said and done, don't be surprised if somewhere like the G League becomes an option. You know, they've been aggressive in chasing guys for multiple years. He would fit into that since he's not draft eligible until 2026. So. Kentucky, I think, is in good shape, but this one is far from over, and it's one that I think we're going to have to see how these visits go and how the seasons play out. He's a guy that's already had some twists and turns with things, with transferring high schools and then the unexpected reclassification, especially considering his youth. So look for a few more twists and turns along the way with him, and not one where anyone should be feeling particularly sure about their chances just yet. All right, and it's not going to be a surprise to anyone that we continue to talk about G League Ignite in the coming weeks because they are, you know, when NIL emerged, people thought it was going to be potentially the end of G League Ignite's ability to rein in the top high school players. Then last year they go and they get Modest Buzelis and Ron Holland, among others. So now they are perceived as a very real threat for a number of top prospects. And not to give too much away, because we're going to talk about this in the coming weeks, it's not just the unsigned players. They set that precedent a long time ago. Verbal commitments in college do not mean they are backing off when it comes to their pursuit of the very best high school prospects in the country. The last player we are going to talk about here is Carter Knox. Now, Travis brought up earlier the example of DJ Wagner and the, the push and pull of that Kentucky versus Louisville recruitment, John Calipari versus his former lieutenant in Kenny Payne. Now, that could very much uh, be reminiscent or uh, certainly a, a preclude to what could happen with Carter Knox. He's got a top seven of Arkansas, Auburn, Florida State, Kentucky, Louisville, LSU, and USF. But like most lists this big, not all of those schools are really expected to have a great chance to get him. Uh, because Kevin, as I said, he played at Kentucky for Jalen Calipari when Kenny Perry was there. And then Carter visited both Kentucky and Louisville last year. So the perception is that this could come down to those two schools, much like it did, as I said, for DJ Wagner. Travis, is that a fair assumption here that it's, it's Louisville or Kentucky versus the field? That was absolutely the assumption uh, going throughout the entire summer. Now, I think the reality as of today is this thing could be opening up and be more fluid than we have previously realized. He is down to seven, eight options. He's also considering the G League uh, but there are other schools that are calling and inquiring, seeing if they can get involved. One of those schools is actually Providence. Kim English is a school is a is a coach, and in, in, uh, Providence is a program that could be finding their way to cracking inside this this list that we see here, and potentially even earning a visit. I think there's a lot to watch and, and see what unfolds with Louisville this season, um, and then. Uh, with this, again, becoming more fluid and, and open than what I previously realized. Um, this, is, this thing could continue to play out uh, throughout the fall and even into the spring. 
All right, very interesting there is what was initially perceived as a two-horse race for Carter Knox with Kentucky and Louisville being the favorites now starting to open itself back up. Does Providence and Kim English get a shot? Time will tell. Tell you what, you know where you can go for all the latest recruiting news and notes. That's 247sports.com. Eric Bossi did a full feature on all of the very best uncommitted seniors last week, and we're continuing to update with each and every passing day. 247sports.com. All right, now we're going to flip the script a little bit. We're going to talk not about where the best players are thinking about, but where the most notable programs, and that's going to begin at Duke. They already hold commitments from Isaiah Evans and Darren Harris on the wing, both in the class of 2024, obviously. We just talked about players like Cooper Flagg, Dylan Harper, VJ Edgecombe is another one who is uh, soon to be a five-star prospect and, and clearly a big Duke target. They've got a few other players on their board, though. Travis, here's my question. What would an ideal recruiting class look like for John Shire? They're expected to be losing a lot after this year. You're going to be losing Tyrese Proctor, likely a Kyle Filipowski. Can't ever rule out one of these freshmen. They had a, brought in a loaded freshman class, but a Jerry McCain who's uh, pumping out a lot of noise right now with how he's been playing in the offseason. Uh, Mark Mitchell you're going to expect to lose probably as well. So they're going to be losing a lot, going to be looking to replenish um, and they got a lot of high-profile targets on the board right now. So ideal recruiting class, it starts first and foremost with Cooper Flagg. There's no denying that he is going to be priority number one, or I should say 1A, and 1B is going to be Dylan Harper. They've been on him for an extremely long time. We've already talked about it. Duke versus Rutgers. It's at a stalemate right now, and time will only tell is uh, see where these rosters, I guess, are at or what they're projecting to be in the fall and in the winter. Um, and after that, Patrick Gongbo. That is a player that we haven't talked enough about. He's a guy that has skyrocketed up our board. He's going to continue rising up our rankings. They offered Flory Bedunga, but I think that it was a bit of a 1A, 1B option. They were both high high priorities for this team, and while many people uh, kind of took the Flory Bedunga going to Kansas as a huge loss for Duke, I, I think it just plays into uh, a bit into Duke's hands. Now they can go all in on Patrick Gongba, who in my personal opinion – is very much in the conversation for the best big man in the class with him and Derek Queen. There is still some potential there to tap into, and he has played tremendously helping uh, team take over, uh, win a Peach Jam title this past season. They're also still in the mix with Tyler Betsy, a shot-making or shot-making power forward out on the perimeter. Um, but ideal class it starts with Cooper Flagg, come in, you scoop up Dylan Harper as well, and he finished it off with a guy like Patrick Gongba and then see what else is out there. I can't forget to mention as well B.J. Edgecombe. Sorry, they just got so many high-priority pro recruits right now. B.J. Edgecombe, another guy that has skyrocketed up our rankings. He set six official visits, expected to keep setting more visits. Duke is on slate to already get him. I think they're in a good spot there and one of the teams to beat. Another name on the Duke board appears to be Con Knepel. I can never pronounce it right, but he's going to visit Duke, I think, uh, in September. Here's what I would say about Duke. Travis has said it's a, basically a 50-50 proposition right now uh, for Dylan Harper. I like their chances of landing Cooper Flagg more than I like their chances of landing Dylan Harper. In fact, if I had to handicap this, I might say Rutgers' slight favorite for Dylan Harper as things go on, Cooper Flagg would agree he's a Duke lean with UConn being the heaviest competition at the moment. But it's going to be very interesting. As far as Patrick uh, Nagumba goes, 
Travis said it, they have put all their resources into landing that big fella after Flory Badunga committed to Kansas. That is certainly the perception of other schools in that recruiting race that Duke has really intensified their efforts after losing out on Flory. So that's going to be a very interesting to one to watch. Speaking of Kansas, they won that huge recruiting battle with Flory Badunga, who is currently the top-ranked big man in the national class of 2024. But as we look forward to who else they are targeting this fall, we're going to go back to Eric Bossy to find out who Bill Self's top targets may be. Yeah, you're right. Flory Badunga was the number one target for them. He was a must-have. They're more than likely going to lose, if not all all their front line, the massive <laughs> bulk of it. So getting that, getting him to lock down the middle was number one. Now they're going big game hunting. Um, there's two names that I really think stand out at the top of their priority list. That's Cooper flag and Jaleel Bethea Cooper flag. He's the number one player in the country. It goes without saying why they would want him. My, my understanding is that Bill self is and his staff are pretty obsessed with him and really, really want to get him on campus and they should be getting him on campus probably sometime during mid October. So that's huge for them. He can come in and play anywhere in the country. We all know about Cooper. We don't need to say much more about him. Jaleel Bethea is actually going to be on campus next weekend, and he's a guy that I think they're doing pretty well with. I would say that them and Syracuse are probably the two teams at the top right now, although Miami, Alabama, potentially Villanova pose a threat here, and I think he's going to take some time. But those are the guys that they're really, really locking in on. I wouldn't see them taking a high school class with – three, more than three, maybe as many as four players because they would like to get a second big man. Emmanuel Stevens from down in Arizona is a guy who has set up an official visit, will likely be coming a little bit later now, maybe in October. Maybe you could see Derek Queen still take a visit despite them already having a a, a, or a commitment from Flory Bedunga, but Cooper Flag, Jaleel Bethea, those are the two guys they're really locking in on. We'll see what happens with them. And then other guys like Billy Richmond, Jared Harris, BJ Miller, Rakeese Passmore, some of these other guys could come more into play. All right, Bossy reiterating what Travis mentioned earlier, and that is that Kansas is not backing out of the Derrick Queen sweepstakes just yet. They are intent to find another front court player to pair with Flory Bedunga in this incoming freshman class up front. It's going to be very interesting. Of course, Cooper Flag, Jalil Bathia, some of their biggest remaining targets left on their board. All right, can't talk Blue Bloods without talking about Kentucky. Travis, they currently have one commitment in the class of 2024. That's from a big man who we thought was a reclass candidate but ended up staying in 2024. Uh, there's plenty of speculation um, about who else they're going to bring in. We've talked about Trey Johnson. We've talked about Carter Knox. We've talked about Jaden Quaintance. Who else are they targeting at this point? Kentucky is one of the most interesting boards amongst the Blue Bloods right now. They've cast a pretty wide net now after recruiting some of these kids. They've kind of cooled off on a handful of them. But the guys that seem to be the top priorities right now, Jane Quaintance, we've already talked about him taking an official visit. He's already taken one unofficial. He's a guy that will be in college for two years, so that could be another big man to come in and play alongside Asamto Cyril. Another guy that they are heavily targeting and have been heavily targeting for a while is Billy Richmond, another high stock rising uh, rising senior, an impressive and athletic slasher out of Camden. So they have a strong connection there with DJ Wagner, Aaron Bradshaw, currently on the team. They were all teammates this past year. So throughout that, those recruitments of DJ and Aaron, they've been on Billy for a very long time before many others were on top of him. So he's become a high pro priority recruit for them. 
then the other guys that we got to keep a close eye on are Boogie, Boogie Fland, and like we just spoke about is Carter Knox. Could these becoming more fluid? Uh, Boogie's already, or Boogie has been a priority recruit for Kentucky for some time, but could this situation becoming more fluid and more open like we're seeing potentially with Carter Knox? One guy that seems to be out of the equation at this point is Trey Johnson. After they lost KT Turner, got a head coaching job this offseason, that seems to have been a disconnect or has disconnected them from the state of Texas. And now that uh, Trey Johnson, things seem to be ramping up with the with Texas and Baylor and also with the G League, it appears that Kentucky is out. So this this board is continuing to be more and more fluid. And obviously, John Calipari is no uh, person that is shy to adding and going after kids very late into recruiting cycles. So we'll see what comes of Kentucky, especially as it, uh, we get a better feel for what their roster will look like next season. So I think the bottom line that I take from that, and I'm going to say this, I think Billy Richmond widely perceived as a Kentucky lean. I don't think many people would deny that. That's to say it's a lock, but certainly the, uh, they are perceived as the favorite. Boogie Fland will visit in September, but as they go to further develop that guard board, what names do we see them add? Is it transfers? Is it reclass candidates? Something that they did before it was even popular. It's going to be very interesting because that board, particularly in the backcourt, looks like it's going to get a lot bigger before it gets any smaller. The final program we're going to talk about is Indiana. And this is a team that we talked a lot about last week when we started digging into the high-profile freshmen and transfers in the country, specifically Mackenzie McBacco and Kalel Ware. Uh, how those two guys perform this year, that could go a long way to shaping exactly what Indiana needs on the recruiting trail. Now, September is going to be a very busy month for them. They're going to host a number of nationally ranked prospects, at least five for official visits. Eric Bossy, what do we know about their board right now? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a pretty wide-ranging board with a lot of big-time topics. And the weekend of September 8th, in particular, looms large. On that weekend, they'll be hosting five-star Liam McNeely and five-star Derek Queen for their second official visits. And they'll also be hosting four-star point guard um, Curtis Gibbons for a visit. So that's a big one, especially when you look at McNeely, because McNeely is a guy that I think they have emerged as a clear leader for. Um, Texas and some of the other schools are in there, but I really like the chances for Indiana with him. And it, it's, it fits with what they're expecting to lose and come back next year. You know, the presumption is Mackenzie McBockbo will be a one and done player. And I think you can slide a guy like McNeely who can shoot, who can even play some small ball four in a pinch right into that spot to fit him. Derek queen, of course, they're presumably in a battle with uh, Maryland and Houston on that one. So having him back on campus again is a big deal. And then Curtis Gibbons is a guy who I think is going to take a little bit more time. So perhaps they can set the bar on him. But, you know, they're kind of all over the place. And that weekend is going to be the really big one. But it's most important for where they stand with Liam McNeely and really trying to lock that up and make sure that they get him done. All right, it's also important to note Liam McNeely and Derek Queen, they are teammates at Montford Academy. The potential to go to Indiana together would obviously bring not just two five-star prospects, but two five-star prospects with continuity to Bloomington. All right, everybody, thanks as always for watching. This is College Basketball Recruiting Weekly. You can find us on the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel or on your Apple podcast feed. And, of course, we look forward to seeing you next week.